I, I need to see if I can save this, like if I can save our family. Um, and so I, I had a Facebook group that I loved showing up in. Loved it. I showed up there probably more than I should have. Like, I, I was like, I'm driving. Let's show up in my Facebook group. Uh, I mean, I just, like, I went live all the time, giving tips all the time. And I realized that I never actually went to try and monetize that. I only was like doing it because I felt it felt like the right thing to do. And so I realized that the shift I had to make was that, wait a second, I've been doing everything I'm supposed to do. Like I've been doing the right thing and I've been doing the things that feel good. I've been doing the things I get to do and I'm just not asking the right people and I'm just not asking the right way. And so I just kept, you know, trying to show up. And then, you know, that month, actually, I had a 10K month, um, yes, congrats. which was great. Yeah. And like, I know everybody says, well, yeah, it was the pandemic and everyone's home. Well, yeah, but like that has actually continued to work. Today, I have the privilege of introducing to you and I have the privilege of interviewing Allison Nelson. Allison is a group facilitation coach. You ask, what does that mean? She focuses on helping coaches get their clients better results through group coaching programs by making them more profitable and sustainable. Allison dropped so many great nuggets in this interview. You do not want to miss a second from how to better facilitate a group coaching program Two, how she built her six-figure business from a Facebook group of 300 people to divulging tips and tricks and specific techniques that you can take today, apply to your business and grow and scale. When I tell you, you do not want to miss this interview chock full of valuable, amazing business building, inspiring information, don't miss a second. Let's get into it. I'm going to say welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Allison. I have Allison here with me on the Coach Up Podcast. Thank you for joining. I am super excited to have you, Allison, because when we talked and I met you, what you are doing and how you are doing your coaching business is something that is not done a lot. And even if it's done, it's more mainstream now. Um, and I know people are like, what am I talking about? I'm going to let Allison tell you guys. Um, it's not done, I don't think, as well as what you have forward into facilitating and teaching people how to do it. So I'm not even going to try to attempt to describe your greatness. Allison Nelson, welcome. Please tell everybody, hello, who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, thank you so much. Um, I feel like such a great connection with you. I'm so happy to be here and I can't wait for this conversation. But um, yes, I'm Allison Nelson and I am a business coach turned group coaching expert. So um, for the past few years, I have been helping women bring their skills and their expertise online and specifically getting them to four-figure monthly income in their online service-based or coaching business. So that has been my thing. That's what I built my thing around. That was like what everyone knew me for. And um, over the past few months, I've sort of noticed this trend around a specific offer that a lot of us like to offer, which is group coaching. And um, lots of ineffective ways that it's being done. And also thinking about how when I trained to be a counselor, like in another lifetime, and then I was an adult ed teacher and coordinator and program director for a while, I realized that most of us teach adults in our group programs. And um, 
I realized that we're really not meeting them where they are. And we're really not, we don't really know how to facilitate a group of people. When we come online, we're taught marketing and Hey, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Right. Like I've been teaching marketing. Um, we're taught marketing where we, we were taught mindset, um, strategy, but once we get the clients in, we're not really taught how to facilitate a group of people, how to teach adults, which is way different than teaching children. There's even a different word for it. Um, and we're not really taught how to how to really leverage the skills that adults have to to work with each other. So um, I see a lot of coaches bending over backwards, burning out in their group programs, not doing them anymore. I see a lot of clients feeling burnt out and getting really, um, you know, holding on tightly to their dollars um, and really maybe not joining group programs because they feel they're ineffective for the most part, which they, which they don't have to be. So I feel like there's this huge disparity in what they are and what they could be. And so that's what I want to fix. So then the first question is, how did you, how do you even garner the skills to be able to identify like that's an area of challenge? Because like you said, most coaches get into the one-on-one, do group Mm -hmm. coaching, but don't necessarily have the skills to facilitate that. Where did you find your ability to do that and do it well? Yeah. Yeah. So when I, I, a lifetime ago, uh, I used to be in, um, in media buying. I used to be a media buyer, uh, when I first got out of college and I liked it to the, to a point. I mean, I was working in New York city. I was making money. I was going out with my friends and, but I, I burnt out of that lifestyle. It was really unhealthy. I was unhappy. I was a workaholic. Um, I had like at 24, I had like a lot of problems that 24 year olds shouldn't really have. And so I ended up going back to grad school, moving home, going to grad school. And I wanted to work with kids. I knew I wanted to work with like students, you know, in a school setting again, but I didn't love a particular, particular, like, um, subject. Um, I really didn't, I'm too sarcastic to work with the little ones. (laughs) And so I came upon school counseling, guidance counseling. Some people know it as, um, and I, I love the idea that I took a couple of classes, a couple of summer classes. I took like a career counseling class. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's for me. So when you uh, study to become a, a school counselor, you are in a group, they put you in a group and they teach you how to run groups, but they also make you be a member of a group so that you can understand it from both sides. So I did that for a whole year when I was in grad school. And then I ran groups in my internship and I ran groups as an adult ed um, director um, for for a while. So, and these were all for, obviously it was adult ed, so they're all adults. Um, and that's where I learned the power of of adult education, um, of a couple of things that we don't really do. Um, some teachers come out of teaching and end up trying to bring their skills online, but they teach like they would teach children. It's a little different. Um, and so that's where I started my facilitation skills. And then having my own group coaching program, um, for business coaching helped me kind of, kind of remember that and practice that, um, teach it to my, teach it to my, uh, my clients. And then they would say to me, I'm ready to create a group program and I want to model it after you, after yours. And I'm like, that's so, it's adorable. First of all, really sweet. And also I'm like, uh, probably that happens a lot and coaches just aren't taught that, right? Like in coaching certification, sometimes they're taught group coaching um, or how to coach a group of people, but there is actually a whole art and a whole certification around group coaching, which I'm actually going through right now, um, so that I can just, you know, be facilitate around other people who have different styles and things like that. So yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> right. I didn't yeah. know that there was a group certification mm-hmm. for coaching, a coaching yeah. certification for group coaching. 
Yeah, there is. Yeah. You can use the credits towards like a coaching certification, or you can just have like this group coaching certification. So. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. Yeah. So your background is obviously you, you've done the work to yes. be able to know how to do this. Did you start with one-on-one clients in your business coaching and then move to group or have you always done group? I did. No, I started with one-to-one. I started with helping a couple of people and then I moved to group and then I went back to one-to-one. Um, I really do recommend that one-to-one um, is the first step because group is really, group works the best when you have a solution that you can provide and you've sort of got a framework that helps you provide that solution with um, the framework being able to hold patterns that you might've seen in one-to-one coaching, um, maybe some lessons that you know are um, sort of, you know, kind of across the board, things people need to know. Um, For example, if you're doing really anything to change people's lives, the belief is huge. Um, So, you know, for example, having a module on belief is really helpful in your group coaching program, because that's something that everybody needs. And it's something everybody needs to go back to um, at certain points on the journey as well. So um, you wouldn't maybe necessarily know that if you hadn't worked with five one-to-one clients who all at some point needed help with belief. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Cause I was going to go back and I was going to ask you, like when you say as a solution and a framework, but mm-hmm. thank you for that example. Um, yeah. Because that would be, like you said, if you wouldn't know you need that if you didn't have, if you didn't do the five one-to-one where you deep, de- you had a deep dive conversation with those individuals to realize, okay, this is a pattern that I'm seeing right. and be able to put the solution. You have the solution and put the framework. That makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you can sort of like get ahead of them, you know, like for me, it was um, my one-to-one clients were obviously all service-based or coaches and they were looking to grow their business. So maybe let's say they would do a challenge in their Facebook group. And then like they were, there would always be this pattern um, of, of fear or something would happen right when they were about to pitch their offer at the end of the challenge or what would happen during the challenge. And I would start to see um, things that they needed, things that, that they needed to just kind of grab, tools they needed to grab, strategies, mindsets they needed to grab. And so it, you, uh, a framework sort of just starts to appear, starts to kind of come together um, when you when you work with people enough. So would you, how do you model it? Or which, how would you suggest, mm-hmm. because I hear what you're saying, and I think, would that be something that you would put your clients into um, parallel as far as like the group coaching and one-on-one, or do you do mm-hmm. one-on-one then move them to group coaching? How do mm-hmm. you model that? Yeah. So what I, what I did, um, is I worked with one-to-one clients and then when I had a group coaching program, a couple of them did come in and it was mostly because they just wanted the practice. Um, it wasn't because they hadn't heard it before. It was just that they wanted the practice. Um, they wanted, uh, accountability. Um, they wanted to be in a container with other people who were also practicing. Sometimes one-to-one can be lonely, um, for lack of a better word, because the person only has me. And even though I'm, I get it, I'm there, I was there, I was that person that was struggling to grow beyond four figure months or beyond $300 a month or something. I, I'm not there now. So they don't really have, they have me, but not really. Right. And so like, there's so much power in making sure that they don't feel alone and they can, they know that they can say to someone, Hey, this is how I'm feeling, or this is what I think about this. And the other person is like, dude, I know me too. You know, (laughs) there's like a lot of power. And then if I can provide that and also provide by facilitating and also provide my own expertise um, through modules and through group calls and things like that, then 
that's like sort of the best of both worlds. Yeah. The reason I like and appreciate your group coaching so much mm-hmm. um, and just in general, which is why what you do, I think is so brilliant that you work with coaches in that area because group coaching can be so powerful for exactly what you said, right? Like you've built your business to a very successful level. And we'll talk about that in a second, how you mm-hmm. got there. Yeah. But um, in the midst, like you're right, you're you're at a different level than typically those that you are coaching, right? So the, you can look up to somebody, but there's so much power in being able to relate to somebody right across from you that we're going through this together. Um, and those conversations, those struggles are gonna be different, experienced differently for people who are in a similar area than talking to a coach who may remember whether it was right. two years ago or 20 years ago. Like I have a right. vague memory of that, but- right you know, at your mind, at your level, you're at a different mindset, right? You just think on a different mindset level because um, you have to, right? Um, at a higher level. So it's it's yeah. great to have that those individuals side by side with somebody facilitating who is where you want to be. So you get the best of, of both worlds to say, yeah. even in that direction, but I have somebody I can also relate to, talk to with what I'm experiencing now, who gets it, not to say the coach doesn't, but gets it in the immediate. And then I've got somebody who can give me guidance to get through it. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe they've tried it. Um, You know, maybe I gave them a challenge and one of them was like, I don't get it. And doesn't want to tell me they don't get it. Right. (laughs) Because they don't want to feel that's the worst thing. Adults don't want to feel like they're beginners. They don't want to feel stupid. They don't want to, that that would be the worst thing. And so we have to make sure that we, you know, we're putting them in a situation where you can leverage the experiences that you, that you've had as an adult, um, and, and help other people. Um, I've had situations where even it's just like a life thing, like one client just, um, has like a, has like a second baby and the, and another client has, is on her third. So she's able to reach and say, Hey, like, this is what's going to work for you while you have this baby and this toddler, and you're trying to grow this business. This is what I've done. And also, you know, it's not perfect and solidarity. I'm here for you. Cause guess what? I have one child. So I don't know the second child, the third child thing, mm-hmm. you know, I can, I can mindset you through it as a coach, but I don't, you may not feel like she gets it and that's yeah. okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. So I do want to talk, I want to pick your brain a little bit about how you grew your business. So we've talked yeah. about your evolution of your clients, but group mm-hmm. coaching, one of the other dynamics from a coaching and a business standpoint is it can be much more profitable um, as as a business, right? Because you've got, you're maximizing clients, providing mm-hmm. amazing value. The value doesn't change, right. but time is reduced with the number of people that you can serve. Um, and so with when you moved to group coaching, is that what propelled your business to that six figure plus or had you already gotten there and then this just grew it? Yeah, no, I had a couple of five-figure launches and things like that um, with my one-to-one program um, and a couple of like smaller offers that sort of got me very close to the threshold. I'm not 100% sure that I was there, but but quite close. But yes, when I um, started my group coaching program, which was two years ago, um, that really that really solidified it. Um, and it was it was because the um, because you can get multiple clients in, of course, and there's also monthly payments, so you're kind of like building that up if you want. So you're kind of building that. Um, and then there's the resign value as well. Um, so you can keep your um, clients small if you want. I mean, some people have these group coaching programs. They only want four or five people in them. 
Um, so it's very economical for the client, but also it can help you as a coach because you can resign people. You can, I mean, everybody, every cohort that left my group coaching program, a couple of them would sign on to one-to-one if they didn't resign with the group and just want to continue and keep that momentum. Um, then there were some other offers they came back for. I did a visibility mini mind, um, a couple of, it was the, it was last fall. Um, and I want to say half of them were clients I've already worked with. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mini, mini mastermind. Is that? Yeah, it was like mind? a mini mastermind. Yeah, I said mini mind, right? Yeah, it was a mini mastermind in that it was like a small group program for. I think I did it for six weeks. Um, and the magic was really in like what worked for you this week, what worked for you this week, what mm-hmm. you know, and really yeah. making sure that they mastermind with each other, and I didn't talk that much. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the beauty of a mastermind, right? Like it's it's who you're in the room with really and, and picking their brain. I like that terminology though. Mini mind. Yeah, is that cool. coin? You should use that. Is this? A no, thing? I don't. I, I think probably someone's coined. I, uh, to be honest with you, I saw it because I saw something on Facebook, someone who's doing something about launches and it was only a week long and it was a mini mastermind. And I was like, that's a great idea. Right. Like, yeah, because people don't want, especially now economically, I mean, we can, we can talk about that. That's a whole another episode, but in economic times that we're, that we're feeling right now, people want something quick. They want it now. They don't want it to be like a, you know, a drop in the bucket. They want it to be a little bit of money. They don't want it to be huge, you know, so uh, they right. want results right away. So I think this is something that like, I'm, I'm not sure why it's not more popular to be honest. Um, but I wanted to try it and I thought around visibility, it's a really great solid topic to talk about. It's the pre-offer to pretty much anything because no matter what you want to sell, you have to get visible first. Um, so it works. So yeah, it was really fun. Okay. I might have gotten lost because the, what okay. you, I feel like what you just said has so much value. I want to make sure oh. I get it and okay. the listeners get it. So you use it as a, um, what did you, so like a pre-sale? Oh, yep. Like a pre-offer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like a pre-offer. The mini mine yeah. is what you're saying to use? Yes. Yeah. How I mean, I that? think so. I Well, I think honestly, like everybody has to know what their pre-step is. So like yeah. my group program, for example, was about getting people, it's called fast track to four figures. So clear, I wanted it to be a clear name, <laughs> clear, yep. not, not clever, um, but maybe a little clever. And <laughs> I, I love clear, not clever. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. Yeah. But maybe like a little clever with the yeah. fast track. There's a lot of car themes going on on the inside of it. I'll just tell you that. Um, but so <laughs> there was a lot of car stuff. So, um, so yeah, so I got people to four, but the thing is, it's like, it was a six month program. I can't have my clients sitting in there being afraid to get visible and show up when they're supposed to be making four figures by the end of the program, if not before, right? If they sit around and like, gets are scared to show up, for example, it's going to blow up the whole thing. They're not going to be able to do it. So I knew that the pre-step, like the person coming into Fast Track was was the one that had already tried to show up. Maybe they didn't do it perfectly, but they've already kind of walked through that fear a little bit. Um, Maybe they didn't get anything from it. Maybe it doesn't seem like anything really happened or maybe it did. And now they're like, oh, shoot, everyone's looking at me. I don't have anything in place, right? So I knew that any pre-offer I had to do was around showing up visibility, um, just kind of all of that fear, even like just kind of all of that stuff. Um, I've done like challenges in my Facebook group around it. I had the, um, it was like a little boot camp at first, the visibility, and then I just kind of threw it into a mini mastermind. And then 
it led into, okay, this is the next step. Like the group program was the next step. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And did you do yours for like a week, like you mentioned, or was yours? I did for a little too. I mean, my challenges were always like three days um, because they were free. So you can't. And then I had done like, um, like a webinar. So like an hour webinar. Um, But the, the one I just did, the mini mastermind was like six weeks long. Now I think that was a little too long. I've never done it before. So um, I had 30 days of action steps and I thought, well, let me split all of them into, um, into a week each. And it kind of, because I took off Saturday and Sundays, it kind of became this five to six week sort of situation. I was like, I think it dragged on a little bit, to be honest. So okay. I'll probably okay. do it differently next time. As <laughs> you just mentioned, yeah. Well, as you just mentioned, the person that you were looking to do with pre-sale with the mini mind was somebody who'd already tried to show up. So you you're doing, and you're sharing the example of exactly what any of us as business owners have to do. And especially as coaches, you just got to try some stuff. You, yeah. put it, you test it, you see how it works, you you yeah. reflect, and then you make adjustments. Absolutely. Yeah. No, there's no, um, I mean, I, nobody has arrived. Correct. <laughs> <is a> <laughs> like, Correct. yes, it's nice to be at a certain level then, and know that I'm never going to be at this other level that was like kind of painful bef- again, mm-hmm. but um. It, it, it actually means like that the stakes feel a little higher in some ways. And so I think a lot of times coaches don't try new things, but you, you really have to, um, because you're not going to grow. And then I don't want to be stuck either. I don't want to be mm-hmm. at the same place. So. Correct. Yeah. yeah. If you work from home, if you are a remote worker, if you're a business worker and you work from home and you sometimes just wish you could get together with other people who work from home, you just wish you could get out of your house and just be around other people who are working as dedicated and focused as you are, but you get to be in the space of other fellow remote workers, you want to join the Coffee Shop Coworkers Facebook group. We are connecting people all over the country in coffee shops where you can go for free meet other like-minded people, to hang out, to work together, whether it's for two hours, whether it's for four hours, whether it's all day, but you get to connect with people like you who are working from home, who want to be around other people and still get work done and just create a new network. So come check out the Facebook page, join the Facebook page, Coffee Shop Coworkers today so we can start connecting you to fellow future coworkers. You mentioned um, painful, and I'm going a little earlier than I wanted because I wanted to ask about launches, but I haven't. I have a note written, so I'll come back okay. to that. But you mentioned going back to like that painful state, um, and so I want to talk about like growing to that the level that you are now, because um, you know that is painful, and it can be, and it can be frustrating. Um, and so, what were some of those those pain points that you just you remember about trying to grow your business? Um, and maybe even around like, uh, not specific on pricing, but like, did you, did you price yourself too low? Did mm-hmm. you, um, did you not, I'm, I, I'm just the little bit I know you, Allison, I know the value you provide is amazing. Uh, and so, um, but you know, were you not valuing yourself or like, what were, what were some of those pain points? Um, yeah. As- so- I would say one of the biggest mistakes I made um, that is really hard to do, but one of the biggest mistakes I made was that I put my worth into like, 
how many likes I got, how many comments I got, um, if people booked calls. So, you know, I would get, I would put a picture up of me and my daughter with like this great post that I thought was so good and so potent. And you know, everybody's going to like, like come running, right. And they're going to like message me and it's going to be great. And like, I would get like my mother-in-law being like, love my girls. And I'm like, <laughs> 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 and like my mom works in the in the elementary school that I went to so like a lot of her friends from work oh Allison she looks just like you you know <laughs> you remember when you were that little I'm like no right. I, no leave me alone <laughs> and so that would get I would have a bad day from that like I, because my worth was wrapped up in what people other people's actions and feelings and thoughts those are things I can't control however they controlled me for a long time so that did cause me to lower my prices and lower them and lower them and lower them so definitely the first couple of one-to-one -one clients I had I bent over backwards for them and I also undercharged them and I wasn't making nearly, I mean, it wasn't even at, I had like three clients that I was working so closely with. I wasn't even at a thousand dollars. I mean, it was pretty bad. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I had some work to do. Little Allison had some work to do then. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you mentioned you cut your prices, like you mm -hmm. reduced them. I reduce them every time I would post something and no one would say anything. I'm like, okay, well, I need to do a sale or like, get, or maybe I wouldn't reduce the price, but give like a lot for free, like the first month or something stupid like that. So it would, you know, reduce the price yeah, right. yeah, and reduce my value. And so I was like in this vicious cycle of like, okay, thinking that my worth was so much less every single time that something wouldn't come of an action that I did. Um, and then also like telling other people, well, here's the price and therefore saying I'm worthless. Right. <laughs> My I'm value is not very high. And so right. it's, it's, I mean, if anyone's listening to this, that like feels that way, it's also, you know, you kind of tend to attract the broke people, um, when that happens and you tend to attract the people that want something for nothing and, um, are really hard clients. They're like very, they're very needy and very difficult and very broke. Um, right. And just have a broke mindset. Maybe they're not actually broke, but like the mindset they have, but I had the broke mindset too. So like, I couldn't really, you know, <laughs> right. be mad about it. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. So that was, those were things I dealt with in the beginning. Um, a lot. How did you, shift? you had to have shifted at some point. How did yeah. you shift? Yeah. Um, I, so when COVID happened actually is when I really, um, really shifted. My husband lost his job, um, two weeks after COVID. So he was working from home, whatever, but one day he came up, um, stairs from our office and he just gave me a look and I've known the man for a long time. So I knew what the look was. We had a three-year-old at the time. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, you know, I already had kind of started this business. I need to see, I need to be the one that's I, I need to see if I can save this, like if I can save our family. Um, and so I, I had a Facebook group that I loved showing up in, loved it. I showed up there probably more than I should have. Like, I, I was like, I'm driving, let's show up in my Facebook group. <laughs> I mean, I just, like, I went live all the time, giving tips all the time. And I realized that I never actually went to try and monetize that. I only was like doing it because I, felt it felt like the right thing to do. And so I realized that the shift I had to make was that wait a second, I've been doing everything I'm supposed to do. Like I've been doing the right thing and I've been doing the things that feel good. I've been doing the things I get to do. 
And I'm just not asking the right people and I'm just not asking the right way. And so I just kept, you know, trying to show up. And then, you know, that month, actually, I had a 10K month, um, yes, congrats. which was great. Yeah. And like, I know everybody says, well, yeah, it was the pandemic and everyone's home. Well, yeah, but like that has actually continued to work. Like me showing mm -hmm. up, giving value, making, letting people, it turns out all those people trusted me already. I just wasn't like, I wasn't like trusting myself enough mm. to kind of, you know, to kind of let them know, Hey, I'm, I'm available to help you beyond this, these Facebook, you know, posts. Um, so yeah, so that's, that uh, that's kind of where it, yeah. Like I remember going selling on Instagram being like, no one likes me, whatever. But then my Facebook group was like, you know, I was like homecoming queen every day in mm -hmm. there. And I'm like, why wasn't I, I was so afraid to sell to them, you know, right. yeah. but kind of something happens to you and you're sort of like faced with this, you know, a lot of times in our brain, not having money and, and being broken, all that can, can feel mortal. It can feel like mortal danger. Um, so I had to do it. Um, and you know, it was more just like, Hey, you need this. And this is the next step for you. I've helped you as much as I can in here. We need to, you know, we need to move on. So. Mm -hmm. And it was just a matter of you asking, as you said, right? Like mm -hmm. I let what you said has so much value in the fact that you were already showing up. Right. Yeah. And I think that uh, I know I said forever. I, I identify and claim, mm -hmm. I should stop claiming it, my microwave desire for everything. I wow. recognize it. Right. Yeah. I recognize mm -hmm. it. like there's a part of my brain that recognizes it. And then the other part is logical and says, Tanisha, you know, that's not reality. But I realize that it's still there. Yeah. But because yeah. you are what people would say is an overnight success. Two years where you moved to the group coaching, your business took off. Right. Um, and it got to that illustrious point that so many people want to get to, but yeah. you were already showing up. Like you yeah. said, right. And I think that's so important yeah. to hear that yes. you had the Facebook group established, mm -hmm. you were already in it. All you yeah. had to do at that point was just start to ask. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is that there were only 300 people in that Facebook group. I mean, it wasn't like thousand people. Yeah. So I just was getting the right clients in. Um, and I was doing things that it, it's almost like, you know, you don't even notice. I, I had to check my ego at the door. And that was probably the biggest thing is that my ego was keeping me from noticing that the right fit clients were coming in the door and they were hanging out in my Facebook group and they were wanting to get more information. They were wanting to work with me, but they, but no one's going to be like, Hey, well, some people do, but no one's going to be like, Hey, how do I pay you? You know, right. it's not going to happen. And so my ego wasn't letting me see that, that I was like, well, if no one's reaching out to me, then, you know, I guess that no one really wants this, or I'm just, I'm only good for like free stuff. And so my worth would just kept like, cause my ego is trying to keep me safe. And so checking my ego at the door was probably the biggest shift. And I think you need to check your ego at the door in order to ask, you know, I think opening your hands up and saying, I've got this, you know, what you need it, I believe from everything that I know about you, you know, me, you know, because I've been showing up here and you trust me. I trust you that, that I know that you've been telling me the truth and you've been showing up for me too. Let's work together. Let's just, let's just get there together. Yeah. And, um, we make more impact when, you know, more of a, like a sort of global conversation or existential conversation, but when women make money, 
um, that means that, that we're not taking from people, we're giving. Um, and so we make the world a better place. I'm helping someone else with their business. So then they're helping their clients with their business. And it's a trickle effect. And then not to mention, we're helping our families and the next generation and all of that stuff. So I had to kind of check my ego at the door with that kind of thing. Yeah, that that is the mindset that we off, that is correct, right? Like me helping someone, me asking someone to allow me to work with them, which does support me and my business and my family, but also it's helping them get better, which will support them. And it's a ripple effect. That is, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Um, Another one of the coaches that I talked to said, it's unethical not to ask for the sale because you have a problem. You've shared it with me. I have a solution, but my response to you is, oh, that's your problem. And I don't offer the help. Yes, yes, yes. You have a responsibility. I mean, like I, from the very beginning, I've tried to walk the walk this whole time. So I would never give someone a challenge that I haven't done myself or I haven't, I'm not doing in tandem with them, you know? Um, And so this is just one more example of like, if I'm not going to ask, how can I have, how can I tell my clients they have to ask? You know, how can I do that? Like, how can I lay my head down on the pillow at night? Like with my, you know, I, I would love for all my clients to soar well and above my income because that would be really fun. But like, I can't sit here with making, making no money and they're making all the money because I told them to do something that I won't do. <laughs> that won't work. Yeah. You know? That's integrity. That's you operating with integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. talk a little bit about your Facebook group because yeah. um, one, you still have it. I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so like, what is it and how did you initially grow it um, mm-hmm. to then be able, and then how did you convert? Like you started asking, you started, like, I'd like to understand all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So actually so funny um, when I first started to be an entrepreneur, um, I was a product-based entrepreneur. And so my husband and I had a, like an e-commerce boutique online and we sold shirts and hats and mugs and quippy sayings and all of that kind of stuff. And so we love doing it together, but someone told me, have a Facebook group, uh, like a VIP Facebook group. And these people that are in the group, um, they get, maybe they get like to pick, should it be tank top or t-shirt? And they get to pick like between two designs and they feel like they're really like part of your brand and they helped you kind of grow your brand. And maybe you give them sales and they get first looks and all that stuff. So we did that. We would like unbox when a new thing came in, we did all that stuff, but I found that people were asking me, I had a two-year-old while I was doing this business and she was home with me most of the time. And people were asking me like, well, how do you, do, when do you work? Like, what are your margins? Like, do you work during nap time? Do you work at night? Like, how do you work with your husband? That's like crazy. And so people were more interested in how, like how I did it and the building of the business, like, oh, your website, all these questions about website and versus like the actual product. So we, we found the products were attracting women like me who were trying to grow businesses online, but we had kids at home. So, you know, a little bit of you know, kind of both that balance. Um, And so I started a blog on the website and then I started going live in this Facebook group talking about this stuff. And it turns out people really wanted that help. So I started helping people just again, very, very minimally (laughs) when it comes to being paid. Um, And I started to notice that women held themselves back a lot that women like started, like played really small a lot of the times. Um, 
And it's not that I haven't felt that way before, but I wanted to change it. I, I wanted to let them know there was someone in their corner saying, you don't have to do that. You don't have to wait till a kid goes to college to do what you want to do. You know, you don't have to do that kind of thing. So that's what the group became about. And then slowly over time, we started to just really, um, the, the product-based business became a fundraiser for other people. So especially when COVID happened, a lot of the sleepouts and the um, 5Ks and all that stuff got canceled. So instead they would sell merch through us and we would give them back the profit. So we sort of turned the business into that before we sort of um, closed it up because the coaching became became the main thing. But so that's how the Facebook group started. And I, I did have to kind of, um, it's gone through many iterations, to be honest, but I did have to go through that iteration with them. But everybody was, and so I said, you know, don't be here if this is not for you. If you were looking to just like help me with like mug designs, get out, you know, like right. that's okay. God bless. Right. Everything's right. good, you know? And so once that happened, people started to sort of pay attention a little bit more. I started doing more challenges and things like that. And then I would start to when, you know, I started to convert, when I started to learn, I could actually convert these people. Um, I started to message people directly. Hey, you watched my live today. I am so grateful. Thank you so much. You are a VIP in this group. What can I help you with? Like you watch this live on lead generation. And I would love to know, like, where are you lead generating? Are you doing it on Instagram? Are you doing it on Facebook? Let's chat about it. And so I started these conversations with people. They would continue to show up in the group. They would bring their friends into the group that they knew. Um, anytime someone in another Facebook group was like, hey, I need help with X, people like Allison's group has a video on that. And I would start marketing my videos more in other groups. Um, so I would talk, if I did a video that week on um, like on, I don't know, a freebies, let's say, um, I would start talking about freebies in other groups and just trying to bring people out that like had needed freebie help and then just kind of sell my, sell my video. Um, and then I started to pitch at the end of the videos and all of that. So, um, the conversations from the videos became the conversion really. Okay. I <laughs> hope everybody listening is catching the massive amount of um, value is just not the word I want to use. Detail that you are laying out about how to market and build. Oh, okay, because that's just so smart. You did your lives. Then you yeah. were interactive in other groups. First, right. you reached out to the people in your group mm -hmm. directly, right? And ask yeah. how you can help, ask how you can serve because you know that they watch because right. we get those, that information. Right. That direct communication is always so powerful. But then you're yeah. in other groups sharing about, oh, you're looking for this help. I did a video and now you're utilizing that. It's almost like a funnel back yeah. to your group where you're able to then start pitching and that type of thing. I mean, yeah. that step-by-step -step detail is very well thought out and yeah. Yeah, obviously was, makes a lot of sense. It was easier, honestly. And that's what like fast track the, the group program became about how do we grow a business simply and intentionally and personally. So for me, I loved videos. I love showing up on them. I didn't know that until I started doing it. Um, but I love doing it. And so I was like, well, I can, I can, most of my content can come from this way. Right. Um, and then I can get someone or I can transcribe them and create some posts done. Um, and it, it, to me, it seems more intentional if I'm talking about freebies that week, why wouldn't I want to serve as many people who need freebie help? Like, uh, you know, I think a lot of people 
um, say like, okay, great. I know I have to like meet people in Facebook groups. So what the heck do I say? You know, what the heck do I talk about? And I think for me, it was like, well, I'm just, and if I knew what I was going to talk about the week after I would start, I could start talking about that too. It gave me something to talk about where it wasn't just like, I could talk about anything. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. When you were, as you are connecting with other Facebook groups, there's Mm -hmm. so many. Yeah. Did you, (laughs) did you have a plan that said, I'm going to connect with 10 or 15 or 20. And those are the ones that will frequently be um, interactive with, or did you, and did you keep those for like three months or did you rotate? Cause yeah. you know, it can be so overwhelming that we think there's so many opportunities. We just shut down and do nothing. So how did that's, you plan that? That's right. Yes. Um, yeah, and you're, you're absolutely right. That is what happens. So um, on like a bigger scale, um, I would have a list of maybe like 50 groups and um, I would have like on Monday, like whenever they had promo posts, because those groups are the ones I want to be in. And so they typically would have those promo posts. So I would just go down the line and, you know, copy and paste. And I always promoted my group. I never Mm -hmm. promoted an offer. I never promoted, um, you know, my, a freebie or something on my email list. Although to get into my group, you could get on my email list if you wanted, you can get a freebie. Um, but I thought, well, them being in my group is the best way to hang out with me because I'm always in there. Um, so I would always promote my group. It's also like a kind of an easy, easier ask. It's sort of a zero pressure kind of thing. You're already on Facebook. You see somebody just, you know, is having you stay on the platform. So, um, so I did those. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure how effective those were and really kind of hard to track um, because sometimes people wouldn't tell me where they came from, but eventually I was able to offload that to a VA, which was really nice. So that was like a really good system I put into place. And of course we would kind of go through it. Maybe someone changed their promo post or it really just like a dead group. Um, And that, that happens as, as entrepreneurs kind of change what they're doing. Um, And so we did that, but I will say about 10 like five to 10 groups are really where I just like hung out and stayed. And those were the ones that I watched myself and said, okay, this week, did I have good conversations? Did people come from that group? And I would switch them out. Like you said, about every 90 days or so. Um, and, um, just kind of either find a new group or if I didn't like the group, I knew I wasn't going to show up in it, even if my ideal clients were in there. And one thing that's really good is once you found a niche, Um, like, so for me, it was women entrepreneurs, there's lots of groups, right? So like, you're going to some, a woman entrepreneur is going to be in like 10 different groups. So like, maybe if you don't like one of the groups, that's okay, because she's going to be in the other nine, like probably like, so it's okay to, you know, at first I had these thoughts of like, I'm not going to get those people. Somebody else will get them and I'll, I won't find them. No, they're, if they're in one group, they're in 10 of like around the same niche. So yeah. Um, I think one thing that's super important and I, again, know it and execute sometimes, but is to plan the time to actually do what you're talking about, right? Like you, you've got to make time because I think social media is so easy that it's, it's on our phone, it's in our hand and we can think, oh, I'll do that while I'm doing X, Y, and Z, or, you know, I can just do a quick connect with a few people, but if it's intentional, you've got to block schedule or schedule the time. I'm going to be in those groups. I'm going to reach out to people so that it gets done. Um, and your focus can truly be on what do these, what are these individuals looking for? And I can be present in that moment to help. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, because I see that a lot. You're right. Like, that's a huge, such a good point. Because I see a lot of like, people like, oh, I can help. You know, they'll just answer. I can help. I'm like, 
that's not, I mean, I've had clients say to me, you stood out because you actually served me instead of people being like, oh, just join my group or, oh, just get this freebie or drop a link or I can help or whatever. And so between the word of mouth, um, which I mean, whenever that happens, it's just my heart just bursts, like still like, that's just so kind, you know, like the world is such a good place Mm -hmm. (laughs) for people to be so thoughtful, you know? Um, so it's nice, nice, uh, reminder. Um, but also, yeah, to take that intentional time. So for me, it's like no phone when I'm doing it. It's not a phone. I'm always doing it on a desktop or a computer. Um, just like easier for me. Maybe I'm old, but it's just easier for me to do. You're um, not old and, it's, and it is easier. Okay. Yeah, it's easier, right? And like, it's just easier for me to stay on track, you know? Um, and so I, I originally come from the network marketing world and there's something called power hour in there. So that's like the one thing that I will always take from there. Like a power hour is such a good idea, you know, like you do, and it doesn't have to be an hour. It can be 30 minutes. Um, it could be 45 minutes. You can pick up the other 30 or or 15 minutes later. You know, I think like the, the pressure we put on ourselves to do the entire power hour at this time, especially when we have kids or, Um, We have other responsibilities. I have some clients who have like sickly parents and they just have, they have to leave their desk sometimes. And so um, that's okay. Like I think putting the pressure on us, on ourselves is, is tough. And that's why we end up in the scroll hole. I like to call it. Um, And (laughs) so, and that's why we end up doing these things, doing these things that are not productive is because we put so much pressure. Our brain was like, nope, you shut down. You can't do any of that. All you can do is scroll, mindlessly scroll and feel bad that other people are posting about their stuff and you're not because you can't do it. I hope you have coined that phrase (laughs) as Allison Nelson's phrase, because I'm going to use it and give you credit, but I'm scroll hole. I'm pretty sure I heard it somewhere, but I don't know where it was. And so, yeah, it's like, it's like a thing. Scroll hole. And then another one I love is pitch slapped. Like what? (laughs) when people DM you and it's like a whole long thing with like a lot of links um, and you've never heard from them before. And (laughs) yeah, I heard that one too. Pitch slapped. My favorite. I'm going to, I'm going to be transparent and say like a couple of years ago, I might've done that. Oh yeah. We all did it. We all did it. Yeah. 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 Okay. There was a convention that I went to once when I was a network marketer and they like, they had a chat, like during the convention, like during the sales convention, they were like, stop what you're doing and take this script that we put up on this thing and message 10 people like right now. They had like a countdown. Everyone was doing it. The amount of messages that I got that were literally the same script that I'm trying to send out. (laughs) that's priceless right because it was so it's so mindless and like that's what we're trying to kind of fight against I mean this is not how you talk to people this is maybe how you talk to like robots or dinosaurs this is not how you talk to people this is not how you talk to people you want to be working with this isn't how you talk to people who you want a four-figure investment from correct this is not how we how we do things I don't I don't know oh that is priceless my phone was dinging as I was trying to get people I was trying to send out messages yeah and at first I'm like was I sending it to myself no because it's like and you know Allison was not spelled right or like it was not my name because they copied and pasted and didn't you know time or it was Uh hey girl I got a lot of the hey girls yeah the things that we we try the things that we try 
the things again, the things that we try at the time, I thought it was like the, you know, the best thing. And of course there's elements to that, like challenging someone, um, you know, and having them do the work, do the, the action that they're afraid of. And like, you have to do it right now. And fear just doesn't have a place Mm -hmm. in the conversation. And that's great. You know, there's elements of all these sales tactics that do work, um, but they have to work for you too. Correct. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that about how you how you grew your Facebook group. Real last question on that. When you mm-hmm. started to finally ask, how right. did you do it? Because you now you've got to get over that fear of giving for free. Don't know really how much value you were questioning your own value. Um, yeah. But now you have this life situation. OK, we got to mm-hmm. make out. How did you start to pitch? What did you do? Have you hit that subscribe button? If not, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for the Coach Up Podcast. We are new. I am excited about bringing to you every single week, probably more often, experts in every single field that will help you, one, if you're a coach, learn how to grow and scale your business to six and seven figures. And if you are not a coach, learn how to grow your life in the multitude of areas we're talking about. But the only way that you know what new information is coming out is you have to be subscribed so you get notified when a new episode drops. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Also, I'm working to get to a thousand subscribers in the very first 30 days of the podcast being dropped. So I need your help. Share this with somebody, make sure you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it with a family member, share it with a couple of people, ask them to subscribe as well. And we are going to grow this podcast as you grow from these amazing coaches that are pouring into you. Let's get coached up. Yeah, so I really, I knew that having this life situation over my head was like probably um, a good, a blessing and a curse because no one, um, you know, wants to hear from a desperate person. Um, No one wants to spend money on a desperate person. And um, so I knew, I knew I had to keep that in check. Um, So, you know, kind of what I was talking about before with like the pre-step, a lot of times I would reach out to someone and be like, Hey, how, how was that? Was that helpful for you? Challenge, mini thing, um, video, whatever it was. And they would say, Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was, What's a takeaway that you had? So I would get really curious about what they needed. And then if the offer matched what they needed, I would help them. Now I wouldn't offer to them if it didn't match. So but you know, for one to one, of course, I can kind of shift and change my one to one program to match what they need. And so I would lay that out and say, Look, like, I see that this is still kind of, um, you know, kind of a, a thing that you need help with. Um, some support. I would love to offer you some support here so we can get from A to B. Now, this is how I think we could do it. Um, We could do this and then we could move on and try this. But in between, you know, after we do this first step, you'll have a better understanding of who your clients are and where they, where they are. So you can speak to them and then we'll actually start to speak to them. I'm going to hold your hand through that. We're going to work on some scripts and we're going to work on some questions. We're going to role play and all of that. So then by the end of that, you'll have conversations with people. They'll be going into your community, whatever that is. And so I would like just lay all that out for them. Um, and I would ask them every once in a while, how does that sound? Does that sound good? Does it sound like something you need? Am I on the right track? Um, and then it was just kind of an easy, like, well, yeah, I need that. So it was a little bit easier um, to do it that way. Um, now, of course, I needed their attention and 
sometimes, you know, <laughs> people didn't want to give their attention. So I would do that mostly through DMs, but a lot of times they did it on discovery calls too, where I would say, okay, you know, you've explained everything to me. I really believe that we can get to point, point B. Here's how we're going to do it. Yeah. And I would just, every once in a while, you good with that? Does that make sense? Do you have any questions about that? So. I can see and hear your network marketing success. <laughs> A little bit. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I want to get to like your story before you got into coaching. Um, yeah. But there's two other questions I want to ask. You mentioned, because I just want people to know, for those who may not, like you mentioned launches and you mentioned challenges. Right. Can you right. define what those are? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So a challenge was um, free, typically, and it was around a, a specific topic. I, I think a lot of times people take, they want to talk about everything in their program. Um, in a challenge, uh, I learned very quickly, you can't do that. Um, so maybe it was an offer, like we're going to create an offer by the end of this challenge, you're going to have an offer ready to go. Um that's just an example. So um, challenges can be one day, three days, five days. I've done them all. <laughs> and um, three is my kind of like, you know, sweet spot. I don't get too burned out. Um, and so we would, I would do like a live training and give them homework and they would have to post about the homework and they would get like perks along the way. If they posted, there would be giveaways, things like that. Um, so those were my challenges. And then at the end, um, I would pitch like my last video, I would pitch, um, I learned earlier, like I learned later on to talk about my offer before the last day. Um, because it's silly to kind of like put the wool over people's eyes. Um, it's okay for people to know like, Hey, I'm going to help you. And this is going to be the result. However, you know, if you want to take the next step, there is going to be something available for you. And if you want to chat about that before this challenge is over, my DMs are open or like you can book a call. That's fine. Um, so okay. being a lot more transparent during the challenges, I think challenges have sort of gone away because people weren't transparent and there were a lot of smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. And then launching, um, I typically would launch with a, a launch pad, they call it. So a webinar or a challenge itself or um, something like that where you're giving value and then kind of um, sell your offer, but sell it like on speed. <laughs> so yeah. like you should always be selling your offer, but this was a launch or a promo period. It's like when you're selling it on speed, like you're talking about it two or three times a day instead of just one time a day. Gotcha. So the launch and the challenge are separate things. Yeah. Um, I always kept them separate, but I would typically, you know, lead one into the other. Um okay sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes I just felt like everybody's, nobody's like moving forward on networking. Let's just do a challenge. Mm -hmm. Just as a member of my group, you get this challenge. I'm just going to do this for like a week because no one's moving forward on this. And therefore I can't sell my offer because you know, all of this stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that is very helpful because I, yeah. those are two things that um, I'm familiar with challenges, not launches like framework and that type of thing but I think both of yeah. them are super powerful in sharing providing value and then allowing people the opportunity to take advantage of working with you and what you have to offer yeah it's a really good way of just kind of saying okay the cart is open you know it's mm -hmm. open to buy um I think launches are sort of going away a little bit because there are a lot of pressure and live launches can be a lot of work and be exhausting mentally and physically um so I do think they're kind of going away a little bit um but I do see some every once in a while. And I think, I think they can be fun to open the doors and give like a, you know, give like a little discount or a little extra something for early bird. And I think it's fun. I think people, yeah. 
you know, you're kind of tapping into the psychological, you know, um, buying process that we have, which no one really knows why people buy. They buy for emotional reasons. And then later they try to, um, you know, explain it away, <laughs> explain away what they did <laughs> with logic. Um, but at this, but like the pre-step, the buying was emotional and there's no real understanding of why people buy. Gotcha. Yeah, that's the cell psychology is just a whole nother conversation. Like, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a whole other. Yeah. And it's not my expertise either. I just know mm-hmm. that obviously from selling a lot um, that people really don't know why they buy. And I don't know why I buy. I mean, as a consumer also, I, I don't know. But yeah. if you make it a party and you make it fun and sometimes launches are that kind of container, they're fun and all that, then you feel like, oh, I want to be in. You know, I want to be cool. I want to like get that. I want to have that. That looks great. Right. Buy it. Then the next day, you like ex- try to explain it away. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. Allison just called us on the carpet. <laughs> I know. I call myself every time I say it. I'm like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I do want to. I'm curious. So there's two things I w- I wanted to, us to talk about um, before I have to. I have to sadly release you. Thank you again so much for your time. Um, I, I'm curious. I want to know like your story of how you got to, and you've mentioned a little bit um, in bits and pieces, but like, how did you get to coaching? How did you get to starting a Facebook group? Um, and if, I don't know if it goes before network marketing, that's where you started or not, but I'm curious about that. And then I want to definitely get a little deeper into like your group coaching expertise, like some of just some of the nitty gritty about that, but tell tell me how you got to where you are now first. Yeah. So I think, um, the jobs that I've always hated were the jobs where I wasn't helping anyone. So like where I wasn't making, um, a sort of direct difference. So like I said before, I'm, I was a media buyer. Um, but that, but I got that job. What is um, so basically I was buying the ad space on TV, um, like commercial ad space on TV and putting my client's commercial in its place. So um, it, in my agency, we were split up by um, by by region or by city, I guess. Um, and a lot of other agencies, it's like, OK, you buy Clorox and Sephora and um, Toyota. And then someone else is going to buy these things, you know, but we, I was more like, I bought Huntsville, Alabama, and I bought Albany, New York, and I bought, um, you know, those kind of things. And then whatever clients wanted to be in Huntsville and, and all of those places, they, I got to buy their space. So while it was fun, um, and I put that in quotes, because <laughs> like parts of it were fun. Um, I wasn't really, I was like, who cares? And like, sometimes I would have a fight for like, the whole workday about how a commercial um, for like, like for toilet paper was on Sanford and Son and all the old people that watched Sanford and Son got offended that they had to watch a toilet paper commercial. So (laughs) here we are. And so like, I don't, I don't care. Like, you know, it wasn't, there was no value to what I was doing and I was spending a lot of time doing it. Now I happen to be the kind of person that didn't understand zone of excellence and zone of genius. So that was my zone of excellence. I was good at it. I showed up every single day. I didn't like, there was a, there's an advertising, there's a lot of drinking and a lot of um that kind of thing. I did not fall prey to that. I was like, I came to work, not, you know, hungover, not right. tipsy from like a fun lunch. Like right. I didn't do any of that really for the most part there were there were some times there were some days there were <laughs> there some were days, days. Just... There, there were a couple of days I'm sorry um and so I was you know I enjoyed like I got 
I got a good feeling from being good at what I did. But like I said before, I, I kind of, um, you know, I burnt out of that and I was looking at, okay, well, when I was in college to get this job, I was a public relations and journalist major. So I worked with like a breast cancer foundation and a children's museum. And like, I did a lot of nonprofit stuff. And before that, I loved being a camp counselor. And so I wanted to help people. Like I wasn't helping anyone. I was fighting with like the people in Alabama about like a toilet paper commercial. Like what this, what is my life? What is my life? And I'm risking, you know, I'm be a workaholic. So my boyfriend at the time, he's now my husband, but we had a strained relationship because I, you know, didn't make time for him because I was fighting about toilet paper. So I, you know, I was like, this is something's got to change. I've got, I'm like burnt out like crazy. And so going to grad school for school counseling was like this, I'm going to help people. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to help people. And I loved every second of grad school, but no one told me that there are like no school counseling jobs when you graduate. No one told anybody that there was no memo. They would graduate like 50 school counselors and there would be like two job openings. Um, and because no one leaves these jobs and there's also not a lot, you know, they're for five, for every English teacher, there's like a quarter of a counselor, you know what I mean? So I, um, so I didn't get a job doing that. And I actually also moved States because my husband and I got engaged and he got a job in Connecticut. We're from New York originally. Um, and so while, um, I was, so I got my Connecticut license, but I got this great opportunity to be a counselor in a group, in a, in an adult ed program that was funded by a grant. Now, two weeks after I got that job, I became the supervisor of the whole program because, uh, <laughs> because it's just who I am, unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes. And so it's a beautiful um, quality. Beautiful yeah, quality. It's a be- yeah. Yeah. So I ended up doing similar work like that, where I would create programs from grants, um, create the program, sometimes teach the program when we didn't have teachers, um, recruit for the program, like on the phone, 50 calls a day. Um, and, uh, and do the metrics for the program, the evaluation, the offboarding, um, the reporting to the state, because they were the ones that gave us the money for it. So I did everything from soup to nuts. And I did that about for like, very similar programs like that for three different places. Um, and then when I had my daughter, she, um, she was born in July. I was working for a high school at the time. So I was in a public school, which is where I always wanted to be. So I kind of like ended up where I had wanted to be. And I was in the school counseling office, but I was doing very similar college and career readiness sort of pathway kind of thing. Um, similar to what I had been doing. And, um, I had my daughter and, I took off until the following January, but in November, I had a meeting with the superintendent and the the assistant superintendent because we all wanted to change my job. I was under the teacher contract. So I was having to show up when the teacher showed up. That wasn't really like what I was supposed to do. Um, I was being given like lunch duty. I was like, I can't, that's not like, I can't grow my job that way. And they understood that and believed it too. So I said, when I'm on maternity leave, it's a perfect opportunity to change my job. Also, I had this little one and no family around because I moved out of state. Um, And so I didn't know, you know, kind of, uh, so I made a proposal for them. They were in total, they were excited for the proposal, went back and forth with it. Eventually they sent me a pretty cold email that said, you're coming back a hundred percent the way it was, or you, or, or that's it. And I had traveled for them. I went to Nashville and Dallas and all over new England. I couldn't do that with a baby. Mm. And so 
I had to tell them I couldn't come back. So I ended up jobless because of that. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So that's when I picked up the network marketing. So I was like, well, like, something, right. And like, then and everyone was saying something, you know, get away from the baby a little bit. It's good. You know, it's good that she's with other people and, you know, that's okay. Give you, give yourself a break and you'll meet people. And it was, it was good. I met a lot of people, met a, a lot of friends. I didn't really have friends in Connecticut. Um, a lot of my students were adults, but I couldn't be friends with my students. So um, they were the ones I spent time with. Right. Um, and so I, you know, it was great for meeting people. Like some of my best friends I met, like out of the, I sold jewelry at first, um, right. jewelry and accessories. So some of my friends, like um, I met from, you know, selling jewelry, like they came to the, they came to the party or yeah. something. So, um, so that was good. And I did, I like pretty things and it was fun to like, <laughs> it was fun to earn pretty things and have it be sort of like, it's so fun and not serious. Like who even cares? It's a bag and a bracelet and some earrings. Like there's no emergencies. Right. And that felt really good. I ended up selling hair care, um, which similar, no emergencies, nothing crazy, but there was a loyalty program. So money would come in even if, you know, I didn't have to do a whole new thing to get new clients, uh, new customers. So yeah, and that's, then the product-based business came to be. Um, right. Which launched the Facebook it. group, which then yeah, which launched the iterations. The exactly. Yeah. Right. Your evolution is so cool and we all go through it, um, mm -hmm. but your evolution of, okay, this is where I need to, one, I, I commend you for your courage to say, no, I'm not going to take that the job because yeah, <clears throat> this is just not for me anymore yeah. um, and putting your, your family first. But then picking up something new, challenging yourself to do that, and then being willing to evolve into where you are now. And so where you are now with yeah. coaching people to coach bit coach groups. Right. Um <laughs> yeah. right. So it's coaching coach mm -hmm. how to coach groups. <laughs> it is yeah, it is a little, yeah. Even for me, like I'll be honest. <laughs> But, like, but again, like, again, it's <laughs> necessary. And so excellent in what it's being done. Like, where do you see your, um, with your coaches? Like, mm -hmm. what's the one of the largest challenges that you're able to help them navigate through in working with groups? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, like I said before, when coaches come onto the scene, it's all about marketing. Right. Yeah. And so I think when coaches, even at six and seven figures, we're starting to see now that not as many clients are signing up, right. Because they've been burned. They're holding on tightly to their dollars. We've got some economical issues going on, all that stuff. Right. And so I think a lot of times the, the, um, sort of feeling the next step, the gut is, well, let's just market more. I'm just going to market more. Or I, obviously I have to change my messaging. It's not working. Um, and we start listening to these other people like the economy is not hurting me. I'm good. And we start to feel bad. And so the thing is, is like, I don't believe that lead generation needs to take 80% of your time. And mm. I don't believe that you need to pay. And we're also in a situation where social media is like, you're not going to get seen unless you're paying, you're being, you're paying. Right. Like we've definitely gotten to that situation now. No one really, I don't know if no one saw it coming, but safe to say that is where we are right now, where organic is a lot harder. Right. And so, you know, we're kind of faced with this dilemma of like, do I pay 
for Facebook ads, for example, and not be able to get them all the way through to the, to close because I haven't been working on the thing I really should be working on, which is how do I become a better coach? How do I make sure I'm getting my clients results every single time? And that the solution I'm providing for them is something people want, will actually want and are actually getting. And am I positioning a next level offer if I feel that I'm capable of that? Am I positioning a next level offer for them? Am I resigning people? Like we're not focused on the inside. A lot of, a lot of times these coaches focus on the outside. They focus on the landing page, like the sales page and the website and the messaging and everything, the graphics and everything that goes into it, maybe creating a new marketing channel um, and all of that. And it's just like, it's not that those things are bad. I will forever need messaging help, like you know, uh, because my message will evolve and that's good. That means you're growing and having a podcast when you didn't have one before and you want one, that's okay. Right. Like that none of those things are bad, but if you're doing them because you're feeling insecure about not making money, then that's the wrong thing Mm. to do. So like get it, becoming a better coach. Cause I really do believe the people who are going to rise above and get through this thing are the people that get results consistently. Um, when you do that, you create super fans and super fans can help you when you decide to write a book or for affiliates or for when you decide to have a retreat and it's a $10,000 retreat. Well, your super fans will buy the retreat, right? Um, yeah. um, but like the people that you just spent ad money on probably won't. So, um, so I think that's kind of the angle that we're working with here and where I think there's kind of a big disparity. So yeah, it- what you said is so good because um, it it puts me in the mindset of the new explosion with AI um, mm-hmm. and how so much is content is being created with AI and so many things being done. I don't even know a tenth of it, um, <laughs> right? But I I keep thinking like I've had some conversations around. Okay, so how does this impact humans? Right? We've already seen how robots have over years, right? Like our yeah. Cars are made with robots, everything, so much. But now now we've got technology and, and information systems that are replacing even our words. So where do humans move in tandem with this? And it's what you said, right? Like it's the value that you provide. Um, and especially in the, for coaches, right? Um, I've heard, I don't know where I've heard this, but give your, give your best information away for free. Um, meaning like, like you were going live in your Facebook, mm-hmm. right? You're showing yep. up, you're providing value, you're DM people actually providing value, not just dropping a link. Um, but the reason that people would come to you is because mm-hmm. one, I think people will think if they're giving this much away for free, how much more am I going to get when I work with them? Right. And then two, there is the factor of that human connection, that accountability, that encouragement that, yeah that no um, computer, uh, no (laughs) technology can do for you. But all of that comes down to you having to be a better coach. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and being a better coach doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, like I I do agree with that. Give your best stuff away for free. Um, And I think really, I think of it in terms of like what I said before, like check your ego at the door. You know, like a lot of people will, will talk on these Facebook lives and they just don't check their ego. And you just, you have to do that. Um, You have to be able to, and I think people, when you give stuff for free and people get a result from it, I think that's when, you know, because I don't truly know if something's valuable or I might say it's valuable, but if I didn't get a result from it, I might say it's valuable, but it's not for me. 
This is your reminder, go subscribe now. Hit that subscribe button to the Coach Up podcast so that every single week you will get notifications of when our newest episode drops. If you are a coach and you want to build to six or seven figures, you want to be able to hear these conversations like this amazing conversation you're hearing right now. If you are looking for coaching in your life in any area, this is the podcast where you will hear from the best of the best and those who are growing into the best. So join us here on the Coach Up podcast every single week. Episodes drop every Tuesday. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. Right. And so I think a lot of times in group calls, for example, um, it people do find it valuable to go, but if they're not going to get a result from it, they just assume it's not for them. It's valuable, but not for me. Um, or I just don't value it, but I can see how other people would, but I just can't get there. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you're giving your, like your free stuff, make sure that it's something that people are actually being able to take a result, like bite-sized, you know, result that they can, they can have, um, because that becomes a little snowball. So no matter what it is that you're helping people with, just make sure it's this bite-sized, you know, if it's free, give them something bite-sized they can go and do. Um, that's how adults learn. We need to be able to take action. And then we need to see what, you know, debrief that action. Right. That yeah. makes sense. Okay. My last question before we get into, mm -hmm. I call it the before you go quick fire round question. I love it. Okay. <laughs> love it. Um, with, with group coaching, uh, and mm -hmm. I know every program is different, but what have you found, like, is a time frame that mm -hmm. works best for groups mm -hmm. to be together? Yeah. And then do you... How do you teach to transition? Maybe um, like you talked about resign, which Allison, thank you for saying that because I don't know that I had ever thought about clients resigning. I guess I thought like I think about the cycle of a client, like they may start at a smaller offer and then go to a higher one and eventually get to either one on one in group. But right. then I don't think about them going back through the cycle or even coming out of that cycle into another one. So I really appreciate you mentioning resign and talking about yeah. that a little bit. Um, but with the, like the group, like how long typically do you see people in them or maybe wise for them to be in them? And then how do they progress to other things? Like, do they progress to a mastermind that then continues for a long time? How does that all work that you teach? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really, I mean, you're right. Everything is different and, um, and everybody is different, but I think that 90 days, three months is actually a really great place to start. Um, when it comes to, you know, if we're thinking about transformation, right. Transformation happens over many More. years, probably yes. <laughs> not, mm -hmm. not just one year, but like many years. Right. Yes. So like put that down because what you need to do is you need to have a client journey. So like, it's okay if you don't provide people a transformation in one group program. Now you might like, like being able to make four figures in a month, um, when they couldn't 90 days before that could, that could feel like a transformation for the client. Right. But we know full well that a transformation is more like, can you do that consistently? Like, who do you need to be to, to do that consistently? Right. So I think having a set client journey is really helpful when knowing what to offer next. Um, so for me, I made fast track six months because I started to notice people would hit the goal around 90 to 120 days. So three to four months, that's when they would typically hit the goal. I wanted them to hit the goal more than once 
while they were with me. So I knew I had to make it just a little bit longer than three or four months. Right. And that wasn't for everyone, but that was, that was pretty typical. And I had 95% results. Um, nice. 95% of people got to four figures at least in at least one month while they were with me. And nice. so I want to make sure they did it again. And if they did it again, and this kind of goes back to also like giving people the result, the solution, right. If they were able to do it again, they were way more likely to work with me one-to-one. Okay. You know, now I need a new offer or now I need a different marketing channel. Or I need to go deeper on some of these other things. I don't have a website. I don't have an onboarding system. <laughs> like I want to be able to, to kind of scale has been kind of like kind of a dirty word now these days, but like, um, I want to scale. Yeah. And so that is where sort of my one-to-one program or like, a, like I had a mastermind for a little while um, because I found that when I took people out of my group program to one-to-one, they were lonely and they missed, um, you know, that, and honestly to have a group of one-to-one clients who also masterminded together made my job way easier. Oh um, yeah. So that, so I kind of like just threw them into that. If you have a lot of one-to-one clients and you're like, I'm repeating the same thing every week right. and you know, you're maybe not ready for a group program yet, throw them into a mastermind. They love it. Cause it's a perk. You know, you can be like, Hey, once a month, try it once a month, once a month, we're going to meet all together. Everyone loves that. Everyone mm-hmm. will love that. And it's no extra cost. Right. Like it was never an extra cost for me to get them together because it helped me Correct. Uh, so much as a coach. Like, great, talk to each other about it. Or like, oh, you're having trouble with Pinterest? Well, this girl, I have a Pinterest client. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't I just connect them? Right? That makes total sense. So much sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I would say start at like 90 days. Like that's usually enough for like um enough of a of a result to happen, whether it's building a habit. Um, or, you know, seeing a result from, you know, getting stronger, um, from messaging people, like Mm -hmm. you start to see a result if you're doing it solidly for about 90 days, I think. Perfect. Um, Now that's a good jumping off point. So thank you. Okay. When Mm -hmm. I tell you, I have learned so much. And while you were talking, I was trying to take notes. And then I thought, Nisha, you don't have to take notes because you get to go back and listen to this. You do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and so I was like, okay, just listen and absorb. You shared so much. Thank you for your transparency because yeah. I think that's so important. Um, like, I, like when we talked, and just my heart for this plat for this podcast is, yeah, people listening, you guys can take away. I can physically. Allison said this. If, mm-hmm. And we we have so much information that we're never going to take every single thing that we hear and apply it. And exactly like you said, mm-hmm. right, it may not be for everybody or it may not be for you at this time, right? So know, know what you're receiving as well as as coaches, you know, what you're giving. Um, but if I hear one thing that I can now apply and I can get results, that that's part of what this is. The other part is you all hear how amazing Allison is. You should call her and work with her. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> but we're going to get into the before you go quick fire round questions. I have seven questions for you, Miss Allison. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> what is the one solar app that you would not do business without right now? Oh my gosh. Uh, I would say Voxer because that's how I talk to my one-to-one clients. And I love working out the mindset. Sometimes I, when I hear them speaking out things, I'm like, Oh, that, that, that we got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. (laughs) So I would say Voxer. I would not feel like I would know, be able to help my clients without it. Nice. You're the first person to say Voxer. Okay. 
Cool. Okay. Voxer, V-O-X-E-R. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And it's Perfect. free. Excellent. Okay. What tool do you use to collect payments from your clients? Oh, um, I use Stripe, but by, but via Dubsado. Yeah. So, Dubsado, it's a, um, like a CRM, like a client resource manager. What is oh. that what CRM stands for? Platform. Um, so you send out, you send out invoices, you send out like emails, um, to your clients, like an onboarding system. Like, honestly, it's a whole different language. And my friend helped me set it up. So like every time I have a problem, she's like, okay, you screwed this up and I'm going to help you. Um, it's like, you could do lead forms, um, things like that applications. Um, you could set up your payments and your, your workflows and your payment plans in there. And so I can apply like, okay, this person wants to do one-to-one -one coaching and apply the payment plan that they, you know, so they pay monthly or, or bi-weekly or something. So awesome. It, Right. Yeah. But like I set it up in Dubs Auto and it connects to Stripe. So Stripe pays me. Okay. Yeah. And Dubs Auto is D-U-B-S? D-U-B-S-A-D-O. Dubs Auto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Do you have a virtual assistant that you would recommend? I don't have one currently. Um, I actually recommend that like look at your business and decide, um, okay, what part of it do I need like to outsource? So for me, my podcast is a huge part of my business now. So I outsource that to uh, right now an agency, um, which I love because they have the resources that I need. So I have used VAs in the past, but I think like make sure that you're just being really intentional about what you want them to do. Makes complete sense. Okay. Yeah. We covered this, I think, but um, it may have evolved a little bit. What has yeah. been the most effective method for you in finding and securing new clients? Yeah, um, I it is, you know, bringing them into my community and then yeah. um, and building a relationship with them. It, it has changed sort of to my podcast and my email list now and Facebook group is still there and still fun and all of that. But because I sort of switched from business coaching, newer entrepreneurs to group coaching for um, for people who are already established coaches, you know, that, um, there's some crossover, but not a lot. So, um, been working on the podcast, but it's the same, it's the same method. You bring people in, you build a relationship with them, you convert them. Gotcha. Are you able to do that? This is purely selfish. So thank you yeah. for answering in advance. Are you <laughs> able to bring people in through your podcast, like connect with people mm -hmm. through your podcast? It's, you know what, I find it's harder and easier, harder because you don't know who's there because the numbers are not great. So I can do a live video and know that, know the five people who showed up for it. Um, I can't know the replays though. So that's a little different. Um, but for the podcast, you know, I know I get like this many downloads, but other people listen to it. I never download a podcast when I listen to it. So no one would ever be able to capture me. Right. right. So like I can't be captured unless they are going to my freebie. So it's more about like, you know, kind of those, um, very, um, you know, targeted freebies. I do target my Facebook group. I see people coming in from that. So I will message them. Hey, you listen to the podcast. What episode did you love? You know, same sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I, I think though, the relationship is just as strong because they're hearing my voice just yep. like they would on Facebook. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, quick little thing to, yep. um, over the last couple of days, I coaches that I've been connecting with have sent me voice messages like wow. over social media. And I was like, that's so nice. It right? just really is. Like you just said, your voice 
they hear your voice there's just a different connection so. yeah they love it yeah and it's intimate that's in their ears like they're cleaning they're driving they're trying to go to sleep they're you know whatever and whatever they're doing um and it's just more of an intimate conversation that I can have with one person um so yeah okay what tool do you use to set up client meetings oh I use Calendly I'm very old school I just use whatever I've been using from the beginning it, and it works it works it great. works it works <laughs> um and then okay this one again I think we've answered what one thing okay. do you attribute the most weight in scaling your business to six figures which we yeah. talked about community resigning clients yes yeah and resigning <laughs> clients ah yes. perfect okay that's yeah, good... yeah, absolutely. Resigning um, the core offer, of course, um, mm -hmm. the core offer that you want to be known for, that you get the results for. People are coming in. It's just a matter of time, right? Um, raising the price every time you get results again with a new cohort, um, you know, that kind of thing. Don't raise the price unless you're not getting if, if you're, you're not results, getting results. Don't raise the price because other people are raising it unless it's like in the gutter. Um, but like, don't like, you know, so I would raise it by like, 50 or hundred dollars, the monthly payments every time, you know, I had like, uh, however many was five, 10 results, something like that. Um, and, uh, and then re-signing them. Yeah. Getting them to work with me one-to-one -one, mastermind staying in, um, the program to keep kind of moving along. Um, that helped a lot too. Love it. You had mentioned monthly earlier. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned it again. Thank you for refreshing people to say that is an option for how people can pay you. Um, and then in addition uh -huh. to your podcast, which I would yeah. like you to first talk sure. about, people can find you. Um, <laughs> in addition to that, mm -hmm. I want to know a book or a podcast you would currently recommend. But tell us about your podcast first. Sure. Okay. So my podcast is um, been like three years in the making. It's changed a lot. Um, and it actually is going through a name change right now. So it will be called Group Coaching Masterclass. Um, oh. Right now it's called Solopreneur AF. Um, and so, but, you know, I'm changing the name to make it a little more searchable, mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. a little more, again, clear, not clever, um, kind yep. of going that way with my life, my whole life. Yeah. A little clever. Yeah. Maybe a little clever. Right. Yes. Yeah. Maybe a little clever. So we talk about everything group coaching. I think, um, this week's episode is about offboarding clients so that you can actually make money in the offboarding. Um, and we have, I have a past episode about onboarding clients though, too. So I'm not leaving you hanging. Um, and we talk about facilitation and adult education and why it's so important to make sure that you're kind of, um, you know, doing those things in your group program, how to become a better coach through group co coaching programs. So that's the podcast. Um, the book I would recommend, I actually am, every time I'm asked this question, I always zig when other people zag. I don't like when business people who have like hit some crazy level go and like write a book about it because then I'm just right. I'm just doing their method. Um, mm. and I just have their point of view, which is like fine, but there's so many like that. And so it's like, which one do you pick? So I actually prefer to pick, um, more of like a mindset book because that's just like always. So there's an author called Amy Morin and she writes these books called 13 things mentally strong people don't do. And so she has 13 things mentally strong people don't do. She has mentally strong women don't do. She has mothers. She even has one for kids. Um, and so she's a psychotherapist. And so she, she'll she give, she gives like examples, you know, so she'll say like, um, they don't compare themselves to other people. 
and she'll give examples from her own therapy practice. She'll give um, like stories. She'll write out a checklist. Um, if you're doing this, like if you don't know if you compare yourself, you don't know if it's a problem, she'll write out a checklist for you. Can you check three of these things off? This is a problem. Keep reading. Um, it's a great series of books. I love them and I recommend them to everyone because I think that you know, so that we learn, if we're trying to help people, we have to learn about ourselves too. We don't have to be perfect, but we have to learn about ourselves and walk the walk again. And so these, those, that's a book that I also very economical because I go back to it all the time. And so to buy it, I've definitely used my, you know, I've gotten my money's worth because it is like highlighted and like dog-eared and like, I have all of them. And <laughs> I learned so much about being a parent and you feel called out, but it, in a good way. Right. You know? So, and and I like it. She's great. And she has a podcast too, but I haven't listened to it yet. So I can't say that it's it's called the Very Well Mind podcast, I think. Okay. Um, so I think, you know, it's probably good. I would say it's probably good. Gone back to the books multiple times. So yeah. 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 Excellent. Okay. That was um I've not heard that one before. So thank you for that reference. Definitely yeah, of course. Yeah. Allison, I can't say enough of thank you for today. What before one guys go find Allison Allison tell them how they can connect with you how they yeah. can find you how they can work with you yeah so if you go to allison-nelson.com you can find the podcast depending on when this airs it might be a different name so just go to the website and find <laughs> it um and there's also a way to sign up for a free master class that I have and it's all about why most group coaching programs are ineffective and how you can fix it so I highlight the three things that I see um in group coaching programs, across group coaching programs that are super ineffective um, and how we can change them and why why they're ineffective and what you can do instead. So if you have a group program, you're like, I don't know, maybe it's not great. You can watch it. And if you don't have a group program, yeah, a lot of people have said to me, I watch it so I know what not to do and I create mine. So you can do that too. Excellent. Any last, the last thought you want to leave um, you know, I really just want to give you like some flowers because doing this and having this conversation, I've been on a lot of podcasts and I've, of course I host my own and as a host, when I have a guest on, which is rare, but when I have one on, I try to, you know, have a good conversation, bring out the best in them. Um, I think the best interviewer brings out the best in their people. Thank you for being one of the best interviewers that has ever ever like talk to me I've been on stages I can tell you that this is like you know one of the best so um you know I think we're talking a lot about serving people right and giving them results and you being in this position is um is wonderful because you're opening up you know so much conversation and you know you've <laughs> I don't think I shine as as brightly as when I'm talking to you so thank you very much for being that and um and that's really important. So anyone listening needs to continue to listen and subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff so that we can continue these conversations because it's really important. So thank you. You are so kind. You, uh, like I said, um, you guys probably won't hear this because we were talking before you all came, before we actually started recording, but I, I, was, I was super excited to talk to you. I was waiting we were, on this interview. And so we were both thank excited. You. Yeah. 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 <laughs> thank you for those kind words. And um, cool. yeah, I just think as we, as we continue to serve people, then we shall receive our blessings as well. I have, I have been blessed by this. So thank you so much. Of course, so thank much. you so much. <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of the Coach Up Podcast. Remember, like, subscribe, follow, share with a friend. 
so that every single week on Tuesdays, you get notifications of new episodes dropping. Be sure to follow, connect with our amazing guest today, Allison Nelson. You want to be in her space. So make sure you check the show notes, see how you can follow her, connect with her today. Thank you as always for your support. And I will see you in the next episode of the Coach Up Podcast.